Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the July 2008 edition of Poetry Superhighway Live. Glad to have you listening. My name is Rick Lupert. I'm the host of this hour of poetry, hopefully featuring you. All you have to do is call in. The call-in number is 646-716-7362. I'll put you on the air, so to speak, and you'll get to read your poems. There's no content or style restrictions. Depending on how many callers we have, you might get to read more than one poem. You never know. So call in. Love to hear from you. 646-716-7362. It's a busy time for the Poetry Superhighway. We just started our 11th annual Summer Poetry Contest, which has uh, something like 36 different sponsors who have offered to send out over 100 prizes to everyone who enters. Every single year uh, that we've had the contest so far, we've been able to, in addition to the cash prizes that are offered to the top scoring poets, the top three scoring poets, we've been able to send every single person who's entered a a prize just for entering, uh, something like a poetry book or a subscription to an online magazine or a subscription to a not online magazine or services which are of interest to poets and writers. Um, We've got framed photographs. We have, um, gosh, all kinds of things. If you click on 2008 contest from the main Poetry Superhighway menu at poetrysuperhighway.com, you can see the entire list of prizes. It's pretty cool. Uh, lots of things, and it's, uh, I don't know of any other contest where you can win a prize just for entering, so feel good about that. It's only a dollar a poem to enter. You can enter as many poems as you'd like. You can enter one poem. You can enter a hundred million poems. You could, uh, gosh, you could enter a zillion poems if you want, if you had a zillion dollars. A hundred percent of the money that is uh, that will be collected from the entry fees goes right back to the top three scoring poets. So, uh, so I think it's 60% of the of the of that money goes to the first place winner, 40 no no 30% to the second place winner, and 10%. I don't know. I don't have it in front of you. It's something like that. But the but the money goes. The point being, the important point being that I'm not making any money on this. This is uh, this is all money that goes right back to the three winners of the contest. So you enter the poems, you pay the entry fee, um, and even if you score last place, you're going to get some kind of prize. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, so again, the entry guidelines: just click on 2008 contest from the main menu. It's all there on how to do it, and uh, I hope you enter. We have a couple callers on the air, and uh, so the way it works is I'm going to uh, basically say your telephone prefix, and that's how you'll know it's you. So you should be aware of what your phone number is if you plan on uh, calling in, because that's how I will identify you. Unless, of course, you send me an instant message that says something like, Rick, uh, my prefix is such and such, and instead of such and such, you would actually say your phone prefix, and my name is such and such whereas at that point you would say your name. And that way I could see your phone number in the call-in thing and that I have on my screen, and I can refer to you by name. Wouldn't that be cool? Um, so my instant message screen name for uh, AOL for AIM is Rick Poet. So if you want to send me an instant message with, your, with the phone number that you're calling from, I'll be happy to refer to you by name. Just a little extra something that we're offering to people calling in in the show today. So once again, the call-in number uh, to call in and read your poetry in this live open reading is area code 646-716-7362. And I'm going to go to the first caller right now. Hello to you from the 864 area code. Hello there, Rick. It's Michael Levy calling. Hi, Michael. How are you? I'm doing fabulous. How are you, Rick? I'm great, thanks. I want to thank you for all the good work that you do, and I know you do it for the kindness of your heart, and you help thousands of people get recognition whereby they wouldn't. So I really want to thank you for all the good stuff that you do. 
Um, my pleasure, and I, I, I know you've been a frequent participant in many of the things that we've done, so I want to, you know, it, it couldn't do it without regulars like you. So uh, I know you're one of the contest sponsors. You, um, you, you, you know, you've sent poetry in for different things. You were in the, uh, the Passover anthology that uh, we put out earlier in the year. So um, I, it's great to have so many people involved, but it's particularly great to have repeat customers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well... <laughs> Together we can make a difference in this world, and the world really needs it. We're kind of doing things that mainstream media tend to ignore these days. So you do a tremendous job, and um, which brings me to a poem that I'd like to read today, which um, we talk about thinking outside the box, and we use our box, our brains in our everyday um, work and what we're doing. And this poem is called Each Box. And I wrote this, probably one of my first poems that I ever wrote. Each box projects a life behind illuminated screens. A myriad of choices, clues to happiness of self-esteem. Many refreshments of the mind, all uniquely locked inside. Savor the various flavors before the keys of truth turn and hide. Each box has numerous secrets, wholly tucked away. Some are endowed treasures, solely reserved for a rainy day. Others are cherished pearls of wisdom with the infinite array, while a few drink nectar from the golden goblet of Mandalay. Each box has special switches to turn on spirit's light. They are well hidden, packed away by ego's contorting might. However, when the channels are connected, a powerful candle is lit. The riches of the soul appear, simple yet incredibly exquisite. Each box fills with mystical chocolates orgasmic to the taste, fed to newborn infants, but lost in a race with too much haste. Intelligence tunes in at birth, played on a baby grand. How wisdom trickled through the human grains of sand. Thank you, Michael. Well done. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I particularly perked up when you said something about a full box of chocolates. Well, then I put the chocolates into it. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to have awesome. some no, tasty. No doubt. So wait, do, you, you do a blog talk radio show yourself, don't you? I think I've seen an email on this. Yeah, uh, we, every um, Wednesday at 10 o'clock, we have various guests. Some of them are best-selling authors who have been at the top of the New York uh, list. And others are not so well-known. Um, this week we've got the uh, chairman of the uh, Movie Guide organization, and he's the head of some Christian movement, and um, he's got some extreme views, and we're going to be talking about his belief system. And we've also got on the show um, a Tao master named Raven Cohen, who is going to give some of her insight. So each week there is something a little bit different. We talk about nutrition some weeks, other weeks it could be about the stock market or some of the shenanigans that are going on in the oil market. And it just gives people choices. Rather than just accept what they're going to be kind of pushed down the throat by mainstream media, it gives them choices of what to believe and whether they're kind of even fooling themselves with their own belief system. Is there will there be a chocolate centric uh, guest so we can discuss those uh, beliefs? Oh, we've actually had somebody on. Her uh, name is uh, Susan Smith Jones, and she's she's written a lot of best selling books. And uh, we talked a lot about dark chocolate and how fantastic it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, dark chocolate is one of the actually it's one of the healthiest things you can eat. You know, so I hear uh, antioxidants and all of that. I I, I tend to keep stock uh, handy, and, and my wife is. Uh, Pregnant, and we read somewhere early on in the in the pregnancy that uh, dark chocolate is something you know a periodic uh, uh, infusion of dark chocolate for her is a good thing, and I 
remember at one point she was in a particularly uh, frustrated mood and I just handed her a piece of chocolate and walked away and it seemed to make everything better. Yeah, well, actually, it does. It releases, um, like exercise would, the endomorphins, and it also gives you a lot of antioxidants. So you, you actually re, you're refueling yourself, with, and especially if you can get the 85% dark chocolate. And also you can get the 100% chocolate, and you can add that to your favorite beverage if you've got a nice beverage. Um, there's some very good coffee um, substitutes out there, something like Coffex which mm. sounds a bit hideous when you see it's, no, it's made up with the beetroot and barley and lots of other good stuff, but it actually tastes pretty good once you get used to it. And um, you can wean off coffee and go on to these other drinks, which actually are very good for your, for your own nutrition and your system. Well, it's, uh, it's good to know. And, uh, you know, the more that people eat chocolate, I guess, the better. Um, Michael, where are you calling from again? Well, I'm actually in Greenville at the moment. Um, I, I live in Florida, in Fort Lauderdale, but I'm in Greenville and around the Asheville area for the summer. Greenville, is that Tennessee? South Carolina. Oh, South Carolina, okay. Yeah, and uh, we're quite close to Asheville, which is North Carolina. We're like on the borders, so um, kind of looking around a new area. It's a new, uh, new way of, for me to summer because usually I go over to the U.K., I'm from Manchester originally in the UK, and every year we've gone over to Manchester, but this year we're doing something a little bit different, and the family's coming over here, and we're going to have a good time around the South Carolinas. And the people are beautiful around here, gorgeous, wonderful, warm-hearted people. Well, good. Well, have a great summer, Michael, and I hope you call in again, and thanks, thanks for opening up the show for us. Oh, thank you, and keep up the good work, Rick. I support you 100%, and you are one of the good guys out there. You're doing phenomenal <laughs> stuff. Thank you so much for your goodness. No problem. You too. Thanks. All the best. Bye. Bye. All right, that was Michael Levy calling from uh, Greenville, South Carolina, a frequent participant in Poetry Superhighway Things, declaring me... Officially, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen, one of the good guys. So uh, now you know, uh, spread the word, have T-shirts made, and um, I guess I'm just going to start charging more for my goodness at this point. Um, so call in, ladies and gentlemen, we want to hear your poetry. It's area code 646-716-7362. That's the call-in number. We will uh, put you on the air. You'll get to read your poems and uh, talk about stuff and... Hey, it'll be fun. Um, right now we are um, moving right to someone from the 305 area code. Hello. How you doing? I'm good. How are and you doing? Yes, you are a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. what can I tell you? I, <laughs> Thank I you. I enjoy getting the emails from Poetry Superhighway on a daily and all of the things that you do to intertwine writers from all over. It's beautiful. It's just a beautiful thing. Well, thank you. I, I, hopefully it's not on a daily basis, but it's. Um, uh, uh, we try to send out just one a week. But, um, you know, it, it's rare that someone says they enjoy getting emails, so I guess that's a whole big statement that you just made, and oh, yes, I'm I, so happy to hear I, it. I'm an email junkie. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, and who, there's and, no 12-step program. No, but there will be soon. I have no doubt. I bet there is somewhere. I bet there's like an Internet anonymous or something, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is kind of funny since the Internet can be so anonymous. Um, uh, so wh- who am I talking to? You're talking to Rebecca Butterfly Barnes out of Miami, Florida. Oh, well, hello, Rebecca Butterfly Barnes. Uh, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good, thanks. I'm from Miami. Yes. And do you have a poem you'd like to share? Yeah, sure. Actually, this one was um, inspired by an interview I was watching with um, Queen Latifah a couple of years ago. And But it will always be something that's, you know, a special one because it's something we as individuals deal with on a ba- daily basis. And it's titled The Darkest Shadow of Racism. An act of ignorance given birth within a culture. It slowly develops through association. It's usually silent in words, but loud in action, just like a newborn baby. It's sometimes influenced like a teen pushed to get high by other means than natural. There are names often used that scar the essence of one's character, if allowed. A perfect picture of confusion at its very best. 
So many pretending souls as the days pass and the seasons change. There's a desire to be a part of another group until convenience is necessary when it comes to one's own. A strong avoidance of the root or core of what's really planted. Many stereotypes labeled based on what one expects of another individual. Like daffodils, racism is here to stay. In fact, death has no record of its name. And in essence of all of its many faces, no matter the number of corners you turn, avenues you travel, and the alleys you encounter in your lifetime, the darkest shadow of racism is that of denial. Very nice, Rebecca. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so uh, what was the uh, Queen Latifah interview about? Basically, it was, you know, it was talking about, um, you know, herself and her career, but the interviewer just happened to pose that question, you know, as far as, you know, what's your take on racism in America or racism in the country or the world as itself? And that's what she spoke on, and, and that's what she said, that, you know, the one thing about racism is that everyone is in denial of it. And so, therefore, I had to give it life. <laughs> Right, that makes that's the that's the best uh, uh, alternative, I would think. Um, cool, you know, she's such a versatile, um, you know, human being in the things that she's involved in. I mean, of yeah. course, she started out with music and mm-hmm. and then acting, and and um, this isn't the first time that she's had something to say about racism. It was probably about I don't know, 18 years ago or so. Though I, I I remember this vividly. There was a special on MTV that she narrated called. Racism points of view that I yeah, shared I with some, that. I remember yeah, that. some folks that I was uh, uh, teaching. So, um, so cool. Um, thanks for sharing that with us. Definitely. And do you uh, you go to you got a reading or something in um, in the Miami area that you well, frequent that you want to? I I am a full time poet. This is my career. This is what I oh, do. Oh, cool. Um, three sixty five, three sixty six when it's a leap year. So, you know, to anyone out there listening, what's interesting is that the gentleman, um, you know, lives in Fort Lauderdale. Um, so that's beautiful. You're getting a lot of South Florida response. But if anybody's interested in, you know, contacting me or, you know, hooking up and, yes, definitely finding out the venues down here, my email address is mindpinsoul at AOL.com. And that's mind that you think with, M-I-N-D, pin that you write with, P-E-N, soul, S-O-U-L, at AOL.com. Or you can always be my MySpace friend, Love for Words, and that's L-U-V, the number four in words with a Z, not an S. Cool. Well, Rebecca, thanks so much for calling in. It's it's uh, it's extraordinary to meet a full-time poet Um uh, it's, it, I don't know that it's a dying breed, but it's, it's certainly a hard breed to, to become one of, you know oh, what I'm yes. saying? It's definitely a hard breed to become one because, you know, it is a challenge, um, you know, especially on a financial basis, you know, because you're talking about poetry. So it's a matter of you just knowing how to network and being on the edge um, and being out there. One, one edge that I do have, um, I do freestyle poetry as well and impromptu mm-hmm. poetry. So that pretty much you know, as to benefits um, of me being booked for particular events. Um, I am out of the box speaking, you know, of course, the poem that he did, I was really enjoying that. Um, and, yes, I'm a chocolate lover, too. And so I do <laughs> weddings, I do birthday parties, I do retirement parties, you know, wherever words are desired, I am there. That's excellent. That's really cool. Um, well, cool, so it's Mind, Soul, Pen. Mind, my, my Pen, Soul. Oh, sorry, mind, pen, soul. Mm-hmm. Um, end with the soul. It's the deeper one. Um, uh, mind, pen, soul at AOL.com. Yes. Cool. Well, thanks so much for calling in, Rebecca, and hope to hear from you again. Oh, of course you will. Thank you. All righty. Um, ladies and gentlemen, that was um, Rebecca calling in from Miami, Florida. And... Um, we're going to move on to our next caller. Uh, the number again to call in is area code 646-716-7362. Call in and uh, read your poems. You can read anything that you want, any style. No one's going to complain. Uh, and if they do, we'll hang up on them. Um, so there you go. Um, right now, moving on to a caller from the 404 area code. Hi. Hi, this is C.F. Jackson. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, Sheila. How are you? I'm great. Sheila. Um, C F. C F. 
Oh, CF, you're CF in the chat. Oh, CF, not Sheila. I <laughs> got yeah. it. Sorry. Um, uh, we'll blame that one on my cell phone uh, connection here. Um, okay. <laughs> so, CF, um, you're from, tell me where you're from again. I'm a, from Atlanta. Florenta? Atlanta. Oh, Atlanta. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've definitely heard of Atlanta. Cool. Um, and you have something to share with us? Yeah, um, actually, I, I write poetry, but I'm more so a fiction writer, so I'm reading a piece that is included in my novel um, titled Won't Be Denied. Um, so it's, I have some poetry sprinkled throughout the novel, but um, mostly I'm a fiction writer. Okay. Okay. No um, the, name of the, piece, the name of the piece is called Your House. Is there a chance that I can be your house? I can see all the detail thought that is placed there, no doubt. Water my soul so my spirituality can grow. Prune my mind to see its uniqueness. Open the door to find a path that will allow me to walk beside you, maybe carpeted, vinyl, or wooden. Paint my mind of the images of your world, only those you wouldn't dare smear blot on any other girl. Replace those pictures of my heart with those things you did from the very start. Draw me with the overflow of creativity to better represent your house to those who are there or someone near. Share the time to mow away any doubt or negativity and fertilize me with cultural growth and security. The time put into this house will not be vain. To become your house, to watch you enter, may it be sunshine or rain. <clears throat> nice job, CF. Thank you. Um, does the CF stand for anything that you're uh, at liberty to share? Well, none of this is my pen name. I use it as my writer's name so people can always remember who I am because my, my full name is very, um, it gets battered all the time. It gets spelled wrong, so I just keep it simple, CF Jackson. <laughs> cool. Um, and are there any um, readings in uh, Atlanta that you frequent that you you want to shout out about? Like I said, mostly um, there's a whole bunch in Atlanta. Um, I don't read my poetry. I just mostly just I write it. So I thought, as of lately, I've been trying to um, get outside of the box and share it, you know, and start reading it because mostly I just like to pen it as a way of um, it's journaling. You know, poetry is a way of getting your thoughts out, and I've been doing it since 1990, and start sharing it more in terms of the style, instead of just having it as a way of my um, my my penning my thoughts. Keep it into myself. Cool. Um, well, I appreciate that you called in and uh, um, and uh, sharing some of those thoughts with us. Uh, thank you very much for allowing me to be um, participating. I'm really enjoying it. And the, the previous young lady, Rebecca, she, it was, she did a great job, and the guy before was great. So I'm really, it's been some great poetry thus far. So I'm looking to hear who comes up next because it's been very thought provoking information they're sharing. Cool. Well, I'm glad that you're getting some out of it, and um, uh, hope you're staying uh, cool out there in Atlanta. And um, and uh, call in again. Most well, definitely. Thank you very much. Have a good weekend. Thanks you too. All right, that was C. F. Jackson calling from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, our third caller of the day. A lot of people are instant messaging me. Um, I don't think I've gotten so many instant messages uh, during a show. Uh, so um, I'm having trouble. I, my, I'm learning that my brain doesn't work as fast as I'd like it to, and I'm having trouble getting back to all of you. Uh, but um, I appreciate you uh, you chiming in, and uh, we're going to try to get to uh, all of you uh, calling in, and I'll get back to you as well. So again, the number is calling 646. The number to call in is 646-716-7362. Have a poem ready. Get ready to to share it on the air, and uh, right now we're going to move to a caller from the 505 area code. Hello. Hey, Rick. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Good, because my cell phone's been off today, too. (laughs) (laughs) This is Cassandra Tribe. I'm calling from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Hi, Cassandra. Hi. Cassandra Tribe, you said? Yes. Cool. Um, Albuquerque. Um, what's very, the, what, very hot and dry. What, well, um, you know, uh, get out of hose, I guess, is, is, is the best I can offer at this point. Um, 
Is there a good poetry scene in Albuquerque? Um, there's, yeah, it's a little um, slam heavy. Uh-huh. But uh, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm, I'm starting to expend the effort to find out more about the poetry scene in Albuquerque and Santa Fe, and, and hopefully I'll be able to have more information about that next time. But. Cool. Well, yeah, definitely. Um, so when you say slam heavy, I'm guessing that you you don't necessarily swing that way in your own work? <laughs> no, actually, I'm more of a performance poet. Um, so. Well, that's interesting because, uh, you know, um, I, a, a lot of people, uh, the way that you say performance poet, that that sort of falls into the slam poetry category as opposed to, uh, I'm not even sure how to how to describe the other group, you know, the, of, of poets uh, or, or style of poetry that, that you know, where which isn't performance-based, which isn't slam-like, you know, where you're basically just sort of reading the poems off the page. And, and not that that can't be engaging or, you know, I don't mean to imply that, but um, how do you differenti- differentiate what you call performance poetry versus what you know as slam poetry? Well, it's, it's kind of awkward because I'm, I... I've I've been more informed that I was a performance poet. I actually was just thinking that I was doing spoken words, but um, they, uh, what I've been told is that the, the main difference is in the tempo of how things are said, mm-hmm. and the fact that I work a, a great deal more with pauses, and then also a lot of what I do is I I do videos with my poetry and um, where they're more set defined. Um, Kind of, I'm, I'm actually, I'm really not quite sure, but it seems to be where people keep placing me. People, that, say that that's again. a pretty good non-answer. Um, it seems <laughs> to be what, what I've been hearing back of late as to what genre people are are putting me in. Um, do you do you have I, what? I was going to say, ask do you, do you have um, a particular? Uh, uh, preference as to which genre you'd like to be known in, or do you really care about the label, or what? I really couldn't care less. Um, it really, I try and do it because if I work at different venues, to try and give them a heads up as to what to expect. Because I know here a lot of the slam poets, their their work and their words are very um, might be very contemporary based in events that are happening. Um, if that makes sense. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So so, it's, it's, just, so, it's just a whole new thing. Cool. So here comes the big test. We're we're all going to hear a poem from you now, and then we will all, in our minds, decide, you know, what genre we think, you know, as the worldwide community of listening to you now, and and uh, the rest of the show will be dedicated to people calling and saying, well, I think she's this kind of poet, and I think she's this kind. Of. So uh, let's then, hear it. Then you can take a vote and tell me, and I'll just I'll just call myself that because I can't figure it out. <laughs> All right. This cool, is uh, what this is a um, this is not finished. Um, I'm reading it because reading it aloud helps me find uh, a better direction for where it goes. And it's called Devastation and the Dark Flower of Hope. In my city, darkness rules, broken only by the shattered lights of a thousand lives that are crushed unnoticed. Tiny points of color, red and green, now yellow, warning, slow, don't stop, but don't commit to go. And we take the night for what it used to mean and grow disappointed in its lack of delivery. Our poets are silent, our singers drunk, their words spilling out in clumps, and still we expect, under cover of night, the litter of their words will be transformed into illuminating myths of life and finding them to only be scraps of paper wasted on our history. We gather them like leaves and stuff in our shoes and pretend as if our souls weren't whole but new. The doors that once provided warmth and answers lie on streets no longer safe. And the taverns where we passed our youth are filled with people drunk with their desire for escape and tossed from raucous lit life into day just dawning the silence is unbearable, making spare moments beneath the sun seem more dark than darkness has become. And still 
I choose to live here. Walking streets more real in memory than what they have become. Shadows find me pools. I search for reflections of what I have known and find none. Turning, I leave emptiness filled with a hundred bodies disconnected and seek the small alley that holds but distant threats of the sun. The key that fits the lock that turns and opens to my sacred space is old and worn. And worried do I with each day I will come home and it will be too bent or weak to free the lock and leave me trapped without in a city where all has become closed in. It is here and only here do I sink to my knees and reveal to the earth all the life I have within me, my fingers scrabbling to find the words I have buried in soil safety. In my city, darkness rules. Rich and fetid turns the earth to deep shade roots till they are strong, tiny points of color breaking into the night, red and green now yellow blooming, unseen in this rushing light. Small breath disturbing the stillness of my heart. I sit and bear the silence, my words unnecessary before this history. The songs of scattered birds illuminating what I would have mistaken for gloom. And I see stirrings of something so slow and beautiful, so easy to miss, that it seems of a story all magic and strange myth. But this is life as it has risen from the soil time and time before, that I have stepped over and passed, rushed from brick to stone, searching for signs in the sky, never thinking to begin with the ground. And when life and rush brought me to my knee, devastation I did not breathe, but the seedling flower of hope. Thank you, Cassandra. Well, there certainly is what a, I meant. <laughs> what? Well, there's, there's certainly a dramatic, um, you know, uh, there's certainly a drama to the, the the method in which you read the the poetry, and so uh, 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 I, I guess it could be performance. You know, maybe we um, maybe we should start a new genre uh, called dr- dramatic poetry. Oh, please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, just say you know, one word. Just poet poetry is fine. Poetry, it is then. Yeah. So, um, do, do you want to do you want to mention one uh, a reading that you frequent in Albuquerque uh, to uh, get the word out about that? I I'm actually I'm looking for a new one. Um, I know I'm going to be at the Hunab Hookah, and then I'm looking at the Green Palace in Santa Fe, but I'm not sure if that one's even still running. But um, I do have a schedule of radio appearances and um, and venue appearances online at my site, loveandwords.com. Loveandwords.com. Yes, all spelled out. Excellent. Well, Cassandra, thanks so much for calling in. Thank you. I love and the show. Thank you. And, and good luck in, in uh, refraining from having yourself uh, genreized. I know. All right. <laughs> have a good day. You too. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was um, that was Cassandra Tribe calling from Albuquerque, New Mexico. The number to call in is area code 646-716-7362. Call in. Uh, we just finished the first half of the show. For those of you who like to keep track of those things, um, which means we're now uh, we're now right at the beginning of the second half of the show. I'll give you a moment to process that. All right, so again, 646-716-7362. I wanted to mention also C.F. Jackson, who called in a, a, a previous to Cassandra, uh, posted her website in the chat room, so I thought I'd give that out to all the uh, all you folks listening. It's cfjackson.com. So if you want to check out more of her poetry, 
that's her poetry. And of course, Cassandra just gave her website, loveandwords.com. Um, it's all about promoting you people, ladies and gentlemen, and exposing as many people's poetry to as many other people as possible. I was sort of changed exactly the way I say that, but um, you get the idea. If you're confused, call in and ask. Um, all right, moving right along. Um, I believe I have on the air right now Christine Julian. Are you there, Christine? No, I didn't press the button right. Good to hear you. Oh, there you are. Hello there. Uh, How are you? I'm doing good. Christine Julian calling, calling from Redlands, California. Welcome to Poetry Superhighway Live. Thanks. Good to be here. I've gotten to listen a few times, but haven't uh, called in before. Well, um, it's uh, it's great to have you calling in. Um, I had now you run a, a reading out in uh, in Sandemus, um, which is in the 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 easternmost uh, edge of the of LA County area, right? Correct. On on the east end of the San Gabriel Valley, third Sundays of the month. Um, Oh, lots of open mic time, occasionally some uh, really cool features. We've had uh, Rick Lupert there, in fact, and it's one of our high points. Uh, he's a good guy, so I hear. Yeah, so I hear <laughs> when he shows. It takes a while um, sometimes, but uh, <laughs> once you can nail him down, he's awesome. I had a great experience at, at the reading um, out there. Um, it was a bit of a drive, but well worth it. Um, very friendly uh, group of people, um, uh, good food to eat in the cafe, and as I recall, free uh, wireless internet. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great place to hang out on a Sunday afternoon. It's near Raging Water, so you can uh, drop any uh, children you have off and come over for some poetry. Uh, we've got some folks who do that, so it's a good time. Anyway, I, I wanted to call in and read my uh, 4th of July poem. It was written on uh, 4th of July a year ago. Let's hear it. All right, and I want to preface it with Article 1 of the uh, Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Uh, All human beings are born free and equal in dignity and rights. They are endowed with reason and conscience and should act towards one another in a spirit of brotherhood. And the poem's called America the Unattractive. Patriotic songs seem odd to me today. Somebody somewhere said that beauty is skin deep but ugly goes to the core. America, America, God repoed his grace, dethroned our good and declared us the dishonored home for homely souls. Heartless in the heartland besieged by muggy summer rain and heat, no brotherhood crown in the hood. I was not there in Wichita, but I have to wonder what the hell happened. Isn't that part of the Fruited Plains? In a busy city store, a woman lay bleeding from a stabbing wound, and rather than calling for help, someone used their camera phone to take her picture, stepped on to pay for their beer, and left. I don't get it. We proclaim godly values, but imitate the holy men that pass by, on the other side, instead of Americans, we need Samaritans. Some folks in central Texas beat and kill a passenger from an automobile altercation and a hate crime victim dives to a death. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all people are created but not treated equal in a country where freedoms are only falsies. We dress in red, white, and blue to promenade in a pageant of self-proclaimed pretty people that bulges ripped the seams of our spangled gown. Even thick concealer cannot cover our blemishes. We look like clowns instead of crowned by God, beauty queens, and spokesmodels for the world. I'm not attracted to the image in this mirror. I have to question if maybe it's time to create extreme makeover, the country edition. <laughs> that's you know I'm glad you went there because that's exactly what I was going to say when when you said the title of the poem America the unattractive America needs a makeover exactly and rather than America the beautiful we we parade about and say how wonderful we are and and in some cases I'm sure we are but 
uh, you got to wonder. you got to wonder at how we treat each other sometimes. No doubt. Um, Christine, love the poem. Uh, the, the title's great. Um, C.F. Jackson in the chat room uh, it shouted, shouted out about how funny the title was as well. Um, uh, so you're, you've got a, a receptive audience, appreciative cool. audience, I should say. Um, cool. Well, the C.F. opportunity to share it. So thank you. <clears throat> and who do you have coming up next at the at the next uh, reading? And, Just open mic. We're kind of in the summer mode, so we you know we give people lots and lots of open mic time. Uh, you know, in between the cappuccino machine, and um, so come and share. And you know, we want people at all levels. I mean, we've had some really great poets on stage, but we also like to encourage people who've never shared before uh, to get up and, and open up. We're very understanding, very supportive, and not very judgmental. Um, we, it's creative energy, and it's the flow of that that makes it happen. And uh, even if you think it's not good, you may be surprised. Uh, you can't really judge your own work. Also wanted to mention, Rick, talking about reading, somebody called from Atlanta early, uh, Java Monkey, Sunday night, tonight, one of the greatest readings I've ever been to uh, in Atlanta. It's up on the north side. You can find them on the net. Uh, great crowd, great atmosphere, and uh, a lot of good local poets in Atlanta there. Cool. Well, um, thanks for mentioning that. I mean, one of the, the best parts about this show is that so many people – you know, who participated or know about readings from all over the world, literally, you know, get to talk about them. And it just sort of, you know, helps link us all together and makes us so, you know, there might be someone else listening from Atlanta who didn't even know there were poetry readings there, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Or San Dimas, for that matter. So, um, great. Is there a website for uh, um, for your reading? Yeah, well, my website, it's Christine, C-H-R-Y-S-T-I-N-E, drums.com. And lots of links, um, link to my poetry book, uh, links to the reading, and probably some other things people might enjoy reading or looking through. Uh, some thoughts, a lot of music things as well, community, political activism, all the things that are near and dear to my heart are there. Cool. Well, Christine, I really appreciate that you called in. Great to hear a, a familiar voice on the, on the phone. It's good to be here. Thanks for all you do, uh, Poetry Superhighway, and uh, really the heartbeat of poetry in Southern California and beyond. And uh, you're much admired, revered, and respected for all that you contribute. That's so cool of you to say. I, um, you know, of course, the purpose of this show is not for people to call in and say how great I am, <laughs> but. Um, but it's always appreciated, um, and uh, and uh, it makes me feel giddy inside. So thank you. Well, Christine. you're appreciated because you make a lot of the rest of us feel appreciated. So it it kind of goes both ways, I guess. Well, good, good. I'm glad someone's getting something out of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Christine. Thanks again for calling. Have a great day. You too, Rick. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye. All right, that was uh, Christine Julian calling from uh, the Eastern Rim of the Los Angeles area uh, uh, from Redlands, California. Actually, her reading, uh, Our Poetic Souls, happens there in uh, San Dimas, and she lives even further uh, east, if you can imagine that's even possible. Um, so great, the number to call in if you want to call in. We've got about 15 minutes left in the show. i got two callers on the line. I'm sure we'll get to both of you. There's room for more, probably, unless we just start having some amazing detailed conversations with the next two of you, which certainly could happen. But anyway, the number is 646-716-7362. And uh, right now I have calling from the 509 area code. It's Terry Lockett. Hi, Terry. Hi. How are you? Oh, I'm good. How are you, Rick? I'm doing great, thanks. Where are you calling from? From Sela, Washington. Se Seattle, you say? Sela. Sela. Yes. Washington. Okay. Great. And would you like to share a poem with us? Um, I'll share one that was on the Poetry Superhighway site. Uh, okay. It's called Bounty. 
When I was five, maybe six, a neighbor's hens got out. It was a hot reservation day, paved roads like clotted lava. She asked me to catch it. I sped away barefooted. That big red hen was a scrambler, made choppy flights over pavement, gravel alleys, rose gardens. It took me all morning. Welts on battom arms and legs, blisters on my feet, hair soaking wet, a shiny quarter warm in my fist, confetti of scarlet feathers as I flew home. Very nice. You were a featured poet in, in June, June 16th to June 22nd, um, just a few weeks ago, and you can read other poems by Terry if you go to the Poetry Superhighways website, click on Past Poets Archive, and you'll see her name. She's a third or fourth down on the list. Um, Terry, that was so short. You want to read another? Um, I'll read one I wrote. Um, this is for my father. It's um, It's about thinking of the world in metaphors and, and not knowing uh, that I did. I was too young. Um, and it's called Inkling. So it's about being a writer, I guess, um, or thinking like a writer at a young age. I remember trips to our ranch in Wapato, bouquet of sage, canvas, and gasoline. Dust so thick, my father whip, flipped on the Jeep wipers. He faced the wheel, I faced the window. Halfway there, he'd grin and ask me, What you thinking about, sissy? I'll give you a penny for your thoughts. I'd tell him, I'm thinking of a magpie, or the hills, or the sky. And I was. I couldn't explain how those things, how most things, reminded me of something else. I didn't know the words for it yet, or that there were others fluent in my tongue. Very nice. Thank you. And congratulations, you're the only one today who's, who's got to read two poems. Oh, <laughs> well, that makes me happy. <laughs> so uh, uh, the, you, you won the bonus prize or something uh, something like that. Do you, do you participate in any readings uh, in, uh, in SEAL? Um, well, in Yakima, there's an Allied Arts, and um, yes, I uh, participate in poetry readings there. And I also belong to the Washington Poetry Association, um, and it supports readings throughout the state, so I'm proud to belong to them. Cool. Is there um, a, is there a particular you know reading that you go to regularly that you that you really like to whether you're a featured reader or an open reader that that other people listening in your area might benefit from going to? Well, the Yakima Allied Arts uh, supports readings throughout uh, the winter time, well, from fall to spring, and I go to those. Um, also, the, the poetry. Yes, in Yakima, Washington. It's in eastern Washington. Um, okay. What kind of venue is it? I, it's it's an open mic. I mean, so is, it, is, all, it at a, is it at a coffee house? Is it at a museum? or what? Uh, that, I didn't... It's at the uh, Yakima Valley Allied Arts Center, which um, supports arts in the surrounding area of Yakima. And um, so um, it's held there. Um, every month. Great. Oh, so it's an art center with a facility. Yes. Which is a which is a really cool thing. Not not enough of those around. No, um, it's not. Terry, well, I I really appreciate that you called in. Well, thank you very much, and I think the uh, radio show that you have is a wonderful thing, and I want to thank you for that. And um, I was very happy to be um, one of the poets of the week. So um, I was you. really. I'm always really happy to get good poetry submitted to Four Poets of the Week, so um, thanks for thanks for doing that. Thank you. All right, take care. That was uh, Terry Lockett from Sela, Washington. You can hear more, or you can see more of Terry's work on the Poetry Superhighway if you go to the Poetry Superhighway website. Then click on uh, Past Poets Archive. And right there, uh, just a few down, uh, you'll see Terry Lockett, who was published the week of June 16th through 22nd, um, alongside a poet named Justin Hyde, who uh, writes very different poetry. Um, And uh, that's one of the cool things that that I get to do when I publish two poets every week, is is sometimes put poets up who have completely different styles or takes on things, and it it uh, makes, I think, for an, an interesting read. And I, I know 
you're bound to find um, on the same day something that you love and something that you don't love. And it, uh, uh, I think when the more poetry you read in either category, the stuff that you like and the stuff that you don't like, just helps to increase your own repertoire of the stuff that you do write. It helps fine-tune your own voice. So the number to call in, got about 10 minutes left in the show, is 646-716-7362. And right now, um, I am, let's see, Beth Lenore. Hi, Beth. Hi. How are you? I'm fine, and you? I'm doing great, thanks. Where are you calling from? Well, right now from Chambersburg, PA. Chambersburg, PA. Yeah. Now, my wife is from uh, Al- Allentown. Is that anywhere near there? Oh, yeah, it's a couple hours from here. Okay. I'm originally from Waycross, Georgia, though. <laughs> okay, how long have you been in Chambersburg? Um, a few months. I'm up here with some friends. Oh, just visiting and stuff? Pardon? Um, it's not a permanent residence. You're just uh, on vacation for a couple months, is it? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, um, great to uh, have you calling in. Um, do you got some poetry for us? Yes, I do. And I have to warn you, this is my first time, so if I flub up, just forgive me, okay? <laughs> not a problem at all. Okay, this is called So Much More. I watched you change from something natural and tame to something bold, bright, and vivacious. I was entranced as if watching a seductive dance held captive by your beauty. Without shame, I watched you slowly change, dropping your clothes everywhere, leaving you bare. Your true beauty everyone could see. You just stood there with no clothing or insecurities. I, I was mesmerized by you, your beauty inside and out, no inhibitions or doubts. You stood tall, firm, graceful, unchanging in character. I was in awe of you, such natural beauty, no shame or pride, nothing to hide. You were just you. And no matter the looks you got, whether looks of love, lust, awe, or disgust, you remained the same, no attitude of pride or shame. I will always remember your name. And when I think of you, it will never be the same as before. Now, every night when I go to bed, I'll feel your strength. With every new door I open in my life, I'll see your beauty. When I sit on the beach, pieces of you will drift into my mind of your gracefulness. Your passion I'll feel in the warmth of every fire, sizzling beauty without inhibitions or insecurities. You, you are all of these things and so much more. And I, I am humbled by your name, so strong yet simple and free, yet some call you just a tree. Just a Tree. Yep. What's the title of the poem? So Much More. Mm. Very nice. It's about a tree and the changing season. I, I got that it was about a tree, especially when you when you ended that way. But, you know, of course, it, you can go in all sorts of directions as you're listening to it. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you're talking about, you know, t- shedding your clothes and that kind of uh-huh. thing. That's, uh, that's a whole other direction you can go in. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, but I, I'm sure uh, you know some women would agree that a tree would probably be the perfect husband. Okay. <laughs> um, Beth, um, it, so this is your first time calling, and have you participated in any um, readings uh, in, in either? You said you're from Georgia. Right, from Waycross, Georgia. I haven't really um, participated. Um, I went to one group gathering of just some people that I had met online that would post on different poetry boards. But back home, I would um, have poetry reads at the nursing homes, and I'd go to the elementary schools. I just wanted to, you know, wake up poetry in everybody. Oh, that's really cool. How long have you been writing? Since I was 13. And one day my son came in with a computer and hooked it up and called me and said, Mom, come over here. So I went over and sat down and I said, okay. He said, I want you to do something with your poetry. I said, okay, let me get my notebook. (laughs) And he introduced me to the computer and um, it helped because I think my writing has gotten better since I've been able to see other poets, you know, um, to see their work. 
this well, that's is the what, I'm kind of nervous. <laughs> uh, well, don't be. I mean, you did great. Um, did, um, did, so have you actually participated in, a, in an in-person open reading or anything like that? I mean, it sounded like um, you got together with a group of people, but... Yeah, um, not really. I um, Well, for one thing, I my poetry, I'd only written maybe 60 poems from the time I was 13 until I was in my 40s. And then um, when my son told me to do something, I've written like over a 1,000 since then, I think. <laughs> well, it's certainly not about the quantity, but, you know, I, I guess to, to have have a body of work behind you is, you know, feels good and significant, you know. I mean, I know people who, you know, write... Uh, you know, half a dozen poems a year, but they're they're essentially amazing pieces of work. You know what I'm saying? So um, I, it's just an interesting thing because I I I, I, I guess I kind of mention it because sometimes when people send in poetry for the Poetry Superhighway, one of the things that they put in their bio and and no no offense to anyone who uh, who may have done this, but uh, you know people will say I have written over a thousand poems or I've written over three thousand and and that particular piece of information is never particularly impressive to me you know uh, until I read the work you know what I'm saying it's not going to push me over the edge and say oh they've written over a thousand poems well therefore I'm going to publish them and it's always what if, what are they sending me I'm going to read that work and, and take a look at it so uh, and, and judge it on that so um, anyway um so you're so was it this is your first time calling in? Um, it was it, you say you're nervous, but uh, how'd you feel about your reading of the poem? Um, well, yeah, I was nervous. <laughs> well, you did good. It was a great poem. Thank you. And I hope you call in again. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm still learning. <laughs> I'm well, still you learning. you know, just speaking out loud the words that you wrote on the paper. It's it's not uh, it's not something you need to worry about too much. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I, I highly encourage anyone who's never read before to, to do so, whether it's on this show or whether you're, you go to a reading in person somewhere, um, just for the reasons that you, you said. I mean, the more work that you're exposed to, you know, the, the better your work is going to get because you're going to learn what you like and what you don't like, and it's going to help fine-tune the stuff that you do write. So it's, not, so it's not just, you know, so that's part of it. And then the other part is when you share your work with other people, um, in particular, with a live audience, you get you know the kind of live feedback that you don't get you know when you're at home alone writing a poem, and it, it it's you know because it, it not that you should necessarily care about what other people think about your poetry, but it, it's it's good to get another perspective on it, you know. Right. Yeah, I I do know that. Like I said, since I have been online and and to the poetry boards there, I have had um, a couple of my poems. Um, published online, and um, I feel like I've grown a lot, but I still have a long way to go. <laughs> well, it's a lifelong process, you know, if you're if you're an artist, you're an artist for life. You don't learn how to do it, and then you're, you're done learning, you know? Right. I understand that. Cool. Well, Beth, uh, thank you so much for calling in, and uh, in, enjoy your time in Pennsylvania, and, uh, and uh, hope to hear from you again. Okay, thank you. Bye. That was uh, Beth Lenore calling from Seamusburg, Pennsylvania. Now, I've only got a minute left in the show, so I don't have time for uh, any other folks, but uh, I want to wrap it up with some some uh, information. We already talked about the the contest. Again, uh, just started on Thursday. There's already um, a slew of people who've entered. Um, everyone who enters is going to get a prize just for entering. It's only $1 per poem to enter. And if you go to the Poetry Superhighway website, you can see the full list of other prizes that you could get just for entering. Again, you, I can't emphasize this enough. This is the coolest thing about this contest. You enter one poem for one dollar. doesn't matter what you score. Some, a sponsor is going to mail you some poetry prize. It could be a book. It could be a magazine. It could be um, an offer of a, a service of some kind. It could be a subscription to a poetry resource website. It could be a framed photograph. There's all kinds of really cool things uh, there, and it's um, it's just a great way to expose uh, you to other people's poetry, etc. So thanks to everyone for calling in from all over the country, South Carolina, Florida, Georgia, New Mexico, California, Washington, and Pennsylvania. 
Um, quick shout out. Um, uh, Jeffrey McDaniel just put out a new book called Endarkment. If you go to the Poetry Superhighway bookstore, it's a featured uh, selection of the week this week. It's a great book. He's one of my favorite poets. Um, I can't recommend his books enough. It's called Endarkment by Jeffrey McDaniel. Thanks to everyone for calling in. Next week, uh, we will have the judges of the Poetry Superhighway Sunday at 2 o'clock. So please do tune in and listen to that. And thanks so much, everyone. Have a good day.